Announcing the return of the most glamorous motion picture ever made, David O. Selznick and Alfred Hitchcock bring you the Grand Slam Prize winner that made motion picture history. Winner of the Academy Award, voted by America's critics as the best picture of the year. And now, as a result of a national poll, winning new honors as audiences throughout the country vote to see it again. The Selznick Studios' successor to Gone with the Wind, Rebecca, brought to the screen with all the warmth and emotion that made millions of readers acclaim Daphne du Maurier's bestseller as the most exciting love story of our time. The fascinating Max de Winter lives on the screen in the person of Laurence Olivier. Why, it's Max de Winter. How do you do? The shy, unsophisticated young girl who dared to follow in the footsteps of the beautiful Rebecca is portrayed by lovely Joan Fontaine. How could I ask you to love me when I knew you loved Rebecca still? Whenever you touched me, I, I knew you were comparing me with Rebecca. What is the mystery of Rebecca? What dread secret is hidden within the silent walls of Manderley? Not only in this room, it's in all the rooms in the house. I can almost hear it now. Do you think the dead come back and watch the living? Tell me, is Mrs. Van Hopper a friend of yours or just a relation? No, she's my employer. I'm what is known as a paid companion. Oh, I didn't know companionship could be bought. There is mystery, love and laughter in Rebecca. The motion picture still unsurpassed for suspenseful romance. Welcome to Classic Movie Nights, brought to you by Ivity Studios, with your hosts, Sean and Anna Allen. Tonight's episode, the 1940 classic, Rebecca. <laughs> well, thank you for that, uh, for that kind intro. So, Who are you thanking? So, um, it's, it, it's... Me and Anna, we've had a little break from this because of uh, just life stuff. And we were thinking, you know, maybe it'd be good if we added something else to the podcast, right? I don't remember. So <laughs> um, we thought, why not get an announcer? Oh, yeah. So we, uh, we, we, like, we scoured the world looking for the best announcer that we could find. And um, and and we found we found Dick, and he's awesome. He'll come in every every time we record a podcast, and um, you know, do the intro for us, old school. That's just how he talks, so it was perfect. And then we could get on with our uh, with our episode, right, Anna? Um, no comment. But yeah, okay. No comment. Yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, okay, so about, what was it, about a month ago, we watched Rebecca? Yeah, it's been a while. I feel like my levels are way higher than yours. Let me turn my mic down a little bit. Okay. Maybe that's more on par. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, 1940, Rebecca. Directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Which I picked. Yeah, this was Anna's pick. 
uh, starring Lawrence Olivier and uh, Joan Fontaine. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we started to get a little little thing going. How did we do it exactly? Do you remember? Did we just talk about the movie and then do a few things afterwards? Was that the basic? Yeah. Yeah? All right. Well, then let's get to it. So this was a movie that Anna really wanted to watch. I did. Um, I read the book I l- a few years ago, and I love it. Um, and actually, this year for Christmas, I asked everybody... I just put it on my list, the book, and my grandma got me a first edition. Um, so I was really happy about that. I'm really excited about it. But um, we, <laughs> yeah, we watched the movie because I loved the book. And um, overall, I was, I still love the book. <laughs> I'm not really into the movie as much. I wish they would remake it now. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Did they is was this the only version of the like only movie version? Yeah. Did, they they made a TV mini series, but this was the only movie that they've made of it. Um, yeah, I don't know why, because it's a really good story. Do you re- do you remember how the movie goes? Yeah, the movie follows the book like perfectly. It's just a lot drier. So. I I took I I like to try to take notes while we are watching the movies. Anna doesn't always approve of my note taking. Yeah, I get mad at him because I feel like he's not watching it. He misses stuff while he's writing things down. But it helps t- to uh, be able to recall while we're talking about it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so let's get let's get talking about the movie. So the first the first note I have is. Dark sweeping shots to the mansion. Does that ring any bells to you? Yeah, that's because in the first, she's she's like narrating part of the first chapter of the book. And the camera's just kind of like rolling through the forest and stuff, isn't it? It's going up the driveway. Their driveway is really long. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it's right. It's going that's up right. through to the house. It had a pretty creepy vibe to it. Yeah, that was nice. It's supposed to be really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cause she, I mean, she's saying that she, um, she says, last night I dreamed I went to Manderley again. But then she's talking about how all of the, um, it's all overgrown, like abandoned in her dream. And she goes back there and it's just like um, grown over and stuff. Can you turn your mic up? No, I can't. It's up all the way. Okay. I I'm quiet. Okay. <laughs> you're just I know you're just talking kind of quiet. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was done. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then what happens next? My next note is Cliff almost suicide. Yeah, that part of the book is kind of trippy too. He just I don't remember that very well. Who was who was it again? The guy she says something to him and he gets upset and just like pulls the car over on a cliff and like walks up to the cliff. I don't remember why that was important. So j- j- just a note. Um, 
generally we're going to be watching these movies a lot closer to when we record so our memory of the movie will be a lot better yeah but for this particular one it's been like a month or so and i didn't want to rewatch it and have rewatched it twice like she watched it one time and i fell asleep right yeah and then so, i rewatched the end with you yeah she rewatched the end for me but so this episode our uh our memory might be a little fuzzy with some parts but um so i because i don't remember that i don't like i took the note it was a really small part that's why i told you to stop taking notes too because it was like a very small part of the movie not but, even really important but somebody was but i felt like i needed to take a note because it's like somebody was contemplating suicide yeah it's better you in know. the book <laughs> so i was like that's probably something i should note um the monte carlo hotel yeah because that's where they're both staying or something maybe that was the guy that was maybe he was by himself when he drives up the cliff yeah because they weren't together yet yeah because they meet at the hotel they meet at the hotel breakfast yeah i brought i took a note breakfast what does that mean? I don't know. Anna. Your notes are really bad. Well, that's. I was just taking quick little, I was just jotting things down really quick. Maybe we should, since our memories are bad, maybe I should just kind of go over the general story a little bit. And okay. then if you think of things. Uh, of the movie, not the book. The book and the movie are exactly the same. The book is just better. How's it better if it's exactly the same? It's written really well. It's the best written book I've ever read. But everything in the book, everything in the book is in the movie? Yeah. Okay. But the book's just like best book ever. Movie's like subpar. <laughs> but but, but my next note is balcony drawing dot dot dramatic down, downing question. I don't even, I can't even make sense of that. <laughs> Old lady being fed in bed. <laughs> 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 dreaming lady in bed with stuff these notes are amazing oh my god i don't know how we're not getting this <laughs> i take the greatest of notes okay so uh wh why don't you go over the beginning part the whole like how they like because they're they're eating breakfast the the old lady and it's her mom right Rebe no who, it's it, not her it, mom it, it's her like her employer yeah, she works for her. She's That's like right. an assistant. That's right. Okay, okay. It's starting to come back to me. Okay, I'm just going to take over. Okay. Um, She works for this lady who has a really funny last name, and I don't remember what it is. Um, And she's the... She's the, her assistant or something, and... um. This lady knows this rich man who's in the building. She finds out that he's in a, in the hotel and tries to connect with him. Um, and he's kind of not really into it. But her assistant ends up meeting him, and he likes her. And he starts asking her on dates, and she tells her that she tells her employer that she's um, playing tennis. But really, she's going on dates with this rich guy mm -hmm. who's in the hotel. Um, and he tells her that his wife has died and, you know, he's lonely and they get along really, really well. And 
like really well. Really well, yeah. Like he was all about that while he's telling her about his dead wife. Anyway, <laughs> um, at the the end of their hotel stay with uh, her employer, she's sad because she M- has to leave. Mrs. Van Hopper? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a good name. Um, she's sad because she has to leave him, and she goes up to say goodbye to his, his, his room and says, goodbye to him but he says you know why do we have to say goodbye let's just get married um and she says yes so they um they call her employer up to the room and let her know that they're getting married and of course she's not happy about it now now is it this is after the old lady was being fed in bed yes okay (laughs) (laughs) The old lady is Mrs. Van Hopper, I think. So, so, so you kind of. I so just skimmed over it. What okay. happened? Because it's a long movie. So it's so like two and a half so hours. So, long. so during this time, the time that you're just explaining, is this when they had the driving eyes? Driving eyes? Yes. Yeah, there was like a they're, scene they're where driving. they like. Yeah. They like give each other. Like a look, right? I think part of that is like some of the underlying emotion that they're going through and it's it's like trying to um this I mean the whole story is about her misunderstanding him. So, you know, like he says things to her like you really love me a lot and you must really love me a lot and things like that that are really vague. Yeah. Um but she never she never just like blatantly asks him anything. Okay. So a lot of her relationship with him feels misguided to her because she's like, um, yeah. So that, that look was just like part of her not understanding him completely and not being able to say anything because she's a woman in the 1940s. But when I read the book, I remember thinking that it must be much older. I thought it took place in like the 1700s. Um, and I read it that way, so I need to reread it again to kind of. Um, I know I knew that it was written in 1940 or 1939. It was written when I read it, but for some reason I just I saw it in like Wuthering Heights times, um, and like Jane Eyre it reminded me of those. So I need to reread it again. But um, yeah, in the movie you see you see the, you kind of like instead of it telling you blatantly that like that's how she's feeling they try to give you these little hints to show you that she's like and that's when they gave each other eyes yeah yeah the eye thing was part of that he's just thinking like this girl is great and she's thinking like oh my god he has a dead wife what am i gonna do (laughs) um anyway they decide to get married they tell her employer her employer's kind of pissed off and then you never see her again so that's cool I made another note about her at one point of the movie. I made a note. Does the lady get out of bed? <laughs> <laughs> she did. She left the hotel. I, I know, but there was like a there was like a stretch where every single time um, the main character would go talk to her, she was just laying in bed, just full fledged, just chilling in bed. I think she was sick or something. Yeah, I didn't get that for a while. 
Yeah. But so I made the note, does the lady get out of bed? And then there's the note. You remember the note that the camera like stops on and like slowly goes down? I don't remember. What does it say? It's like a note signed by Rebecca or something. At the house? That's when they get to the house. Is it? Um, I think so. Because I got the note before dancing. Did they dance at the hotel or did they dance at the house? I don't remember. But do you remember the note I'm talking about? Kind of. It was a really, sh- it was like a 30 second to a minute long shot just on a piece of paper going down it, like slowly panning down it. I don't remember. It wasn't even panning. It might have just been like freeze frame on this note. You don't remember? Nope. Okay, and then I got dancing. And then another note I took was fast timeline showing the relationship progressing. Right? Because there's just like quick shots of them doing different things. Mm, Or it felt like the relationship just progressed really fast. Yeah, it feels that way. I mean, it does progress fast. And then I got driving bottle demons. Driving bottle <laughs> demons? <laughs> driving bottle demons. Are you sure this for this movie? Dot, dot cry. What the? <laughs> <laughs> I think that there was a scene with them driving and like, like, he somebody's drinking or something and then they get in an argument and then she gets out and starts crying that may have happened i don't remember you don't remember well according to my notes driving bottle demons (laughs) get out (laughs) cry okay Uh, wow uh and they left in i got leaving in a rush goodbyes are hard I think he had to he had to go away on business for two weeks. Was that? Yeah. 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 I, because I got leaving in a rush. Goodbyes are hard. Dot dot dot. Marriage proposal. Please never take notes again. <laughs> These notes are amazing. I think. <laughs> I. This is leading us to talk more detail so about. What you just all the all this whole thing you just skimmed over. What you just read is them. Getting engaged. Yeah. Because goodbyes are hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go and tell her about it. They go tell the... Why did they have to get the boss's permission, basically? They didn't. They just wanted to let her know as a courtesy because she's ready to go and she has her assistant with her and she's like, she well, seemed supposed seemed, to go with her. It seemed like a lot more... Um, formal though like she was like really nervous about if she would it say was, okay it like was she formal it. because she was quitting her job to get married it, it seemed more though like she was looking for her approval it was weird well she's like 19 well, yeah but it's her boss and she's young uh and then the next note i have is caught paper and hat Does that ring any bells? No. Somebody caught a piece of paper in their hat. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, I think I should take over again. Okay. <laughs> if that's okay. Are you all right? Yeah, I need, some <coughs> I need something to drink. Continue. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'm going to take over while you're doing that. Are you? He's okay. His face is all red, but he's fine. All right, so... <laughs> um, they got married. They moved to Manderley, which is a huge part of the book, and I love Manderley. Um, okay, hang on. I'm back. I got a. I had another note about this part that I wanted to bring up. I wanted to ask you about, right? So, this is really the part where she realizes how rich he is when they're driving up to the house. Right. Yeah, I mean, she no, she knows, she knows he has yeah, money. Yeah, but they're pulling up to this house now. I had this question, okay. <laughs> the, the, this is my notes, so just bear with me, okay. I apologize, okay, ahead of time for this. <laughs> Dude's rich. Did she have an orgasm when they saw the house? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Did you see her her reaction to that house? How would you react to that house? I'd that probably house is freaking have an orgasm. <laughs> I just needed to throw that in there. Right? <laughs> I took down the notes. So. Oh my god. Okay. Like I said, I love Manderly. I'm never letting Sean read the book. Um, so Manderley is just like this magical house. It's huge. And, um, but a big house can make you feel small. And the main character, I forget what her name is. Um, the main character feels small in this big house. That's all It's just his. And the staff seems like they're all very attached to his, um, dead wife his ex-wife who she's, died she, she's just credited as mrs uh d winter really yeah we don't know her first name okay well mrs d winter um she notices how the staff is like very attached to um Re rebecca and she tries to fill in rebecca's shoes and the the staff kind of like informs her of what Rebecca's routines were and things like that. And she tries to just like tread in those um, footsteps. And um, she's under the impression that um, her husband loved his dead wife. And so she tries to be like her. Um, I, I, I made another, mo another note yeah. about... Um, the I don't know if it's the first night exactly when she gets there, but they have a dinner, or they have dinner, right? Mm -hmm. And I made a note about the weird maid. I feel like she's yeah. an important character to mention. That's who I'm talking about. I just don't remember her name. The maid? The maid's name was... Was that Mrs. Danvers? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah Mrs. Danvers is weird. Um, and then they did some house browsing, like 
Mrs. Danvers gave uh, Mrs. De Win- D. Winter a uh, like a tour of the house. Yeah, she does gives her she gives her a tour when she moves in. Um, and she do- she tells her where Rebecca's room was, but um, Mrs. De Winter never goes in there. True. Until later. True. When she does go in there. True. And, I mean, that's pretty much the next plot twist, besides the fact that um, Rebecca's cousin is friends with Miss Danvers, and she lets him into the house to stay in the West Wing. Wow. (laughs) Anna's talking right now, and her cat just walked over and started (laughs) licking her face and her ear and then knocked over the mic. She wants some attention. Hi, Mimi. But Anna, you didn't m- mention that they go on the walk, and then yeah, they, they go on the walk, Mrs. and the dog runs over to the cottage door, and that's where we see the creepy guy down by the river. Yeah, I don't even know if he was in the book. But whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold up. You said I don't remember. You said that they are one of the same. They are. They're not, but they are. The book is much better. Much, much, much better. Oh. So they're not one and the same. The same stuff happened. Okay, continue. So they go up to the cottage, and he says... uh, She went up to the cottage by herself, and she... I think she asks her husband about it, and he just says, like, don't ever go in there. Um, and she finds out that that was Rebecca's cottage. So. Yeah. Like, um, like all, all of her, was that just her, like, that's not all of her stuff. Because she saw her stuff in the room. She has her bedroom exactly the same, but she, she practically lived in the cottage. Okay, okay. Yeah. And that's why she had it down there. I mean, she... She was having um, affairs and um, yeah, the guy who you think was Rebecca's cousin, I think, is actually her lover. Ooh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He was, oh, was it like his cousin that was in love with her? No, he, or do you think he tells he tells Mrs. DeWinter he was Rebecca's cousin when they meet the first time, but he actually was Rebecca's lover and he's staying in their house. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you don't find all of that out until later, too. So. Um. Yeah, they. She, a lot of it is uh, Mrs. DeWinter just like trying to <coughs> appeal to the house and like the life there and like take over for Rebecca. Um, so there's a scene where she. Um, she. She's in the morning room 
they call it the morning room. Um, and it's the it's a room where Rebecca used to write letters and things like that. And she um, she's just in there spending time in there because she doesn't know what else to do. And she breaks a statue of the figurine that was on the, the desk and she hides it. She just straights up like, oh, where can I put this? Yeah, she hides it and um, hides it in a drawer in the uh in a drawer the, in the desk. Later, Mrs. Danvers finds it and blames one of the staff for it until Mrs. Danvers comes clean. And um, Mrs. Danvers really, like, I meant Mrs. DeWinter comes clean, but Mrs. Danvers is, like, trying to make Mrs. DeWinter uncomfortable. Ah, yes. Um, Very so uncomfortable. Yeah, so when she breaks the statue, she's kind of like, well, why didn't you just say something? I know, in really um, condescending tone. I don't remember how she said it. but God, that bitch. <laughs> um, she was just psycho. Yeah. That the, the how, the, I don't know, what was she technically? Was she, just, she wasn't like just a straight up maid. She was like something like. She's the um, head housekeeper. She just head housekeeper. Yeah, like yeah. the um. Uh, there's a name for that. I don't know. She's like the house manager. Um. Yeah. 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 Okay. So where were we? You were talking about how her breaking the statue. Yeah, in the another sunroom. big another big thing that happens is they have uh, guests come over for a uh, costume party, and um, she decides she wants to dress up for it. Obviously, since it's a costume party, and Mrs. Danvers suggests that Mrs. DeWinter um, dress up in. <coughs> To match a um, mm-hmm. a painting. I have that in here. I took a note, new dress. Yeah, so she orders the dress, but they don't explain it in the movie as well as they explained it in the book. I remember being disappointed about that part because um, she orders the same dress that Mrs. Danvers... Um, Mrs. Danvers even tells her in the book that... Um, Rebecca had dressed up as that before so they could just like order it again the same exact dress and she says that's great let's do it and so she dresses up as that that night that painting from the house and um, when she goes downstairs her husband is just like what are you wearing take that off he's really upset and she goes up and changes but in the in the book, that was one thing that bothered me that they did change. In the book, she goes upstairs and cries, and like their friend um, goes upstairs and comforts her. Yeah. But in the movie, she just like ran away crying, and that was the end of that story, that part, like that scene. So. Didn't she end up coming back downstairs in the dress? I think she wore something else. Because something was going on. Like yeah, like in the movie, she just like changed yeah. and came back down and was sad the rest of the night. Well, I thought that something like there's some sort of commotion or something happening. Maybe there was. I don't remember. Don't remember. Fair enough. But 
Yeah, that was a really pivotal moment in the story. They did not do it as well in the movie. And it, it's not till uh, wait, wait, wait. After this, after that happens, there's the scene where, where, um, like, she, <coughs> one of them is watching home videos. I'm. I'm. I, they I, they're watching home videos together of themselves. Is that what they're doing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I got that of note. their marriage so far. Yeah. Okay. And then they have like this is kind of a moment, like an important moment in their relationship where they kind of have like a, like a real. Well, they have a misunderstanding that he clears up. He yeah. like clear cleared something up for her, and it's just more of that like. I can't remember exactly what it was about, but it's more of her like, like, do you even like me? And he's just like, yeah, I love you kind of thing. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, she, because she, at, at, okay, at this point of the movie, she, I, I get the feeling that she feels like, if I remember right, that he is hung up on Rebecca. Like she's trying to be Rebecca for him because she thinks that that's what he wants her to be. Yes, yeah, and and... I think that I, re- I remember at that point, I think that's when he tells her that she's such a child and soon she's going to grow up. Like he kind of sees her as this like innocent thing and he loves that about her, which is actually kind of creepy. Um, yeah, <laughs> like there's now that I think there, about because it. there's also notice. I mean, but he's he says that he loves her innocence and soon she won't have that anymore. Yeah, he says that to her multiple times. Um, which actually, yeah, that is really creepy. Not like by today's standards. Like, hey, you're a child. I love that about you. When you grow up, then we'll be together forever. <laughs> like, what do you think the age difference was between the two of them? It tells you in the book. I think he's like 33 or something, and she's like 19. In real life, they're 10 years apart. Yeah. In the book, they're spread. They're pretty far apart too quick trivia when do you think um uh joan fontaine was born when yeah um 1920 1917 and here's an interesting fact she was actually born in tokyo (laughs) what that's something i wouldn't have guessed that's cool she lived, she died in 2013. That's a long 96 life. 96 years old. That's good. Good for her. Anyway, side note. What about the other dude? Lawrence Olivier was born 1907 in Dorking, Surrey, England, UK. Dorking. <laughs> Dorking. <laughs> D-O-R-K-I-N-G. That's a place. And died July 11th, 1989. He was 82. Wow. In England. He liked England. It was his home. I don't I don't think he has an accent in the movie. He can no, he just had that that typical he was doing transatlantic he must have been doing that actors used during that time period. Yeah. He was doing an doing an accent then. Well, yeah, it was that 
it was that transatlantic a- accent. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it when those like old timey movies when you hear them talking. Yeah, you know, they, they all, all sound the same. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Weird. That's what they call it. Anyway, I keep interrupting you. That's okay. I'm not very <coughs> good at this. Um. Oh, uh, with time, Anna. With time, you will rule this podcast with an iron fist. Fast forward, Mrs. Danvers burns down the house. That's too much of a fast forward. <laughs> Way too much. Whoa. 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 All right. Okay. So we got the home video part. And then they have the cool talk. It is a long movie, so we don't need to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until after this until we actually meet the renegade cousin. Right, which I, I kind of went over that, so yeah. maybe we can just... He's in the house, and he's not the cousin. He's he, the lover. He reminded me of um, Sherlock's brother, for some reason, on the TV show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's kind of the same kind of character. Yeah. Um. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, at this point... Anna really got fed up with me taking notes, so I don't have any more notes past this point. Yeah, I told him to stop. My amazing notes that have helped us tremendously up to this part. Okay, well, I got it from here. All right. So I feel like we should mention her going into Rebecca's room. Um, She goes in, and Mrs. Danvers realizes that she's in there and follows her in. Um... And they, they kind of explore. Um, Mrs. Danvers kind of forces her to, like, look at all of Rebecca's clothes and the pretty things she had. And, like, they're going through her underwear. And um, Mrs. DeWinter just gets really uncomfortable and leaves the room. Um, and then... I don't remember what else. Anna. I'm thinking... It's hard. I feel like I'm under pressure. Under pressure. Mm. Um. So they leave the room? Just watch the movie, people. Just watch. Anna, <laughs> the whole point of this <laughs> is so people can hear us discuss a movie they could have potentially watched along with us. I know. I mean, I know. I know. Okay. It is a little late, too. It's, it's almost midnight. We're doing this later than we planned. So we're both a little tired. I, I talked to Anna about getting some uh, Starbucks, but you get a little bit of caffeine in Anna when it gets a little late, and she'll be up till 4 or 5 in the morning. Yeah, I can't so. sleep at night. I have that problem without caffeine sometimes, too. Um, so that's why she sounds tired as hell right now. I am a little tired. You are. Okay, anyway. So... I'm, I can't remember when it happens, but there is a part where they're standing in Rebecca's room and Mrs. Danvers tells Mrs. DeWinter that she should jump out the window. But I feel like that happens later. Yeah, I think it's a little later and pretty messed up, too. Yeah, it's like a really weird part. I don't, I don't remember that in the book, but it probably was there. I need to reread it now that I have a first edition copy and it's been a few years. Anyway, um, 
So they end up going to, okay, so I'm just going to fast forward a little because this is the next thing I remember. They go, she and her husband go to Rebecca's cabin. I don't remember why, but they're in there. Because they're they're in the cabin because um, they found the the boat that oh, they, sank. They did. They found because, the boat because Rebecca. The whole thing with Rebecca, her disappearing and stuff. The reason why she's not in the picture is because everybody thinks that she committed suicide. No, they. Or don't. do or do they think it's a murder? Just no, an unsolved mystery. They thing? don't think anything like that. Her, she went out on her boat and it disappeared. Yeah, and I know. They, f- they found the boat. But they, they they found a body too. Oh yes, so they he had identified a body that washed up that was not Rebecca, but when they find the boat, they find her real body too. Um, yeah, and exactly. So and then so they're kind of like reinvestigating. They like like they yeah. bring they bring the stuff they found in the spot in the river, yeah. Up, and then they're kind of like reinvestigating the whole situation. Right. So Mister and De- Mrs. De Winter, well, she's looking for him because he disappears, and when she finds him, he's in Rebecca's cabin, and um, he confesses to her that that he killed Rebecca. And this was a part that was different in the movie, too, slightly, because in the book, he actually shot her. She she says all these mean things to him about how she was cheating on him and whatever, and, and he shoots her and kills her. In the movie, he says that he knocked her down. He pushes her, and she hits her head, and then she was dead. Um... Either way, the dude killed his wife, but she kind of deserved it. Um, and yeah. she she wanted to die anyway, so that makes it okay, right? Oh, yeah. I guess. Of course. <laughs> it's pretty messed up. But um, that's why it's such a good story, and I feel like the movie kind of like womp womped that part. Um, but it is kind of, they do still have that shocking element when... She says, but you loved her so much. And he says, loved her. I hated her. But in the book, it's just, read the book, okay, guys? Like, if you watched the movie and you took the trouble, please don't judge. Listen, Just Anna, read it. Just read it. People don't need to read the book if they could watch the movie because the movie is exactly the same, like you've said multiple times. Stop saying that. I told you it follows the same story. That doesn't make it the same. Um, okay. okay, fair enough. The same things that happen happen, but it's better in the book. It's it really is like the best written book I've ever read. It's beautiful. Okay. So where were we? They found Rebecca's body. He confessed that he killed her, and then um, he hid her in and the it, in the boat. And Mrs. Day Winters was just like cool about this. He was like, "Yeah, I killed her, and I hid her body because." He didn't mean to kill her in the movie. Yeah, but she was still pretty, like, pretty cool with it. Like, she was a little too cool with the whole thing, it seemed like. 
Well, she loves him. Because because she's like, oh, you don't want me to be like her. You actually hated her. That yeah, makes me so happy. That's how it is. She's happy about it. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying, which is a little odd considering he just confessed to murdering his wife. Another reason why the book is better. But yeah, like in the movie, it happens fast and it's just like kind of brushed over and she's just like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> you killed her. Cool. I'll be your next one. Whatever. And you won't kill me. Well, hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they both love each the other sequel, a lot. Rebecca so they end up, they two. do end up going to court and the former lover of Rebecca ends up, slash cousin, um, ends up. Um, trying to, trying to get him convicted of murder. Um, but they end up proving that she had a motive for suicide, which is, um, she had just found out from her doctor that she had terminal cancer and was going to die really Mm. soon and painfully. That's right. Um, so when they proved that she had the motive for suicide, they just discredit anything else and he's off the hook um and they get back to manderley and it well they go had lost her damn mind yeah because while he was at court he made mrs de winter stay home for the second part of it because she was getting too upset um and she, she like, pretended to faint at one point when he lost his temper so that he would pe- everyone would be distracted. But um, so she goes home for the second half of court, and they draw that conclusion that it was suicide, and she sunk herself in the boat, which is not what happened. And um, he's off the hook. He goes home, and... The place is on fire because Mrs. Danvers set the house on fire. She didn't want Mrs. DeWinter to be happy there. Mm-hmm. So if Rebecca can't have it, no one can. That's Mrs. Danvers thinking. Yeah. Um, but everybody, everyone, the weird thing is it's like everybody gets out except Mrs. Danvers. Mrs. Danvers just like dies that way in the fire. And that's the end of the movie. There was nothing else after that? It just ended? Yeah, it pretty much just ends. Like it shows that they're okay and then that's it. She like, had that, like the house is dead. Like she was just walking through that fire too. Like the house is burning down and yeah. she's just like. Whoa. It was amazing how fake that fire was. Like I've never it wasn't watched too bad for the time though. I mean, I know, but like I haven't watched a movie and really thought about how fake the fire looks until that movie. <laughs> it's like that's really fake looking, but I'm glad they didn't burn all that beautiful stuff for real. So, so the movie ends, yay! <laughs> that's kind of how I felt. Watching it, unfortunately, and I, it was my first Alfred Hitchcock movie I've ever seen, too. And I just felt like this is long and not the same. I, I thought that the movie had really great shots. Like it did have some good composition, like, 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 like that first sweeping shot to the forest that we talked about at yeah. the beginning. 
like I was watching, I'm like, this is awesome. Really? I loved it. Yeah. Like that really kind of stood out to me now that I now that I'm remembering more and more. And then some of the cinematography was pretty good. Yeah. He didn't, he, he won. Didn't he win for 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 black and white film that year? Yeah. Like best, like directing the movie the movie won best black and white film yeah because at that time in the oscars they had separate awards and i think they both won best actor and actress this was what i read this was his first american film and his only best picture winner wow Hmm. I just, I love the book so much. I think it ruined the See, movie for See, I me. didn't read the book, so I was just going off w- the movie. I want and, them to remake and it. Also, uh, but Mrs. not remake the movie, just make the book. The Joan Fontaine character, uh, Mrs. Uh, De Winter. Uh, yeah, they never say her first name in the movie. I don't think they say it in the book either, actually. Um, the runtime, because you, you kept mentioning has it's a pretty long movie. The runtime... Is about two hours and ten minutes. It felt longer. Yeah. Um, what else? So, I guess at this point, we could just kind of do what we do and... Um, favorite characters? Favorite characters? What, what, what were my favorite characters in this? I mean, I, I kind of liked how creepy the, the head... Mrs. Made, Danvers. Yeah, Mrs. Danvers. You like was. her? I like I. I just like the creepy, creepy characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like the old man by the water, like the crazy guy by the water. But because the main characters themselves, they didn't really stand out much to me. Mm-hmm. You know, as anything special. That's because the movie was bland. So I would. I, I'm gonna have to go with the. With the weird, creepy characters. Okay. I think, well, reading the book, my favorite character is Manderly, which isn't really a character. It's the house, but I love that house so much, and I feel like it takes on a life of its own when you're reading about it. But um, my favorite character is actually Rebecca. Because she's this huge mystery and like seeing her from the point of view that you're seeing her at. Um, I just like the mysterious quality of her and how like she seems like something great, but she's not. It's like the idealism of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot to read the, the synopsis for this movie. Do it. Um, that IMDb one is really short. It's just a self-conscious bride is tormented by the memory of her husband's dead first wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell. Okay, um, so we do favorite characters, and then I will read some trivia, right? Some IMDb trivia. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, this one of the trivia things is just just as in the novel, uh, Mrs. D. Winter, Day Winter has no first name. Um, 
In order to maintain the dark atmosphere of the book, Alfred Hitchcock insisted that the film be shot in black and white. Hmm. That's interesting. As per Alfred Hitchcock's instructions, Judith Anderson, who plays Mrs. Danvers, uh, rarely blink, rarely blinks throughout the movie. Wow. Gave her kind of that more creepy vibe. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock agreed to test Joan Fontaine only after seeing her play the meek wife in The Woman. And and she was a newcomer at the time. It was like, was it her first movie? It wasn't her first movie, but she wasn't like known. Mm-hmm. Um, filming started five days after the United Kingdom entered World War Two. This proved particularly troublesome for Alfred Hitchcock and the film's largely British cast. Wow. The original script named the heroine Daphne. After the writer Daphne du Maurier. Daphne du Maurier. She's the author of the book. What else? A half-sized version of Manderley was built on a separate soundstage for the film's opening sequence, in which the camera moves up the driveway to the ruined estate in the moonlight. So That's that, was that scene you like? Yeah, that was half-sized. Huh. Um, Albert Hitchcock actually wanted to make the film several years before, but was in a, was unable to afford the rights to the novel. At least he had some good taste in books. Yeah. The film's final cost, um, $1.2 million. That was a lot more back approximately then. Approximately 500000 over the original budget. Hmm. I wonder why it costs so much. Because of that opening shot. (laughs) First shown on network television years after having been telecast only by local affiliated television stations. It was, but it, it won awards. How would it be? I don't know. That doesn't make, is they didn't have theaters back then? (laughs) Like, they did, but it wasn't the same as it is now. Maybe people were just not watching films at that time since it was during World War II. People were going to the theater more for war films, like war footage. So the director had a cameo. Alfred Hitchcock had a cameo in the movie. Um, he walked past a phone booth just after uh, George Sanders makes a call in the final part of the movie. I think I caught that. That's interesting. I think I remember thinking he looked like him. This says in the movie, Maxim does not mean to kill Rebecca, but in the book, he kills her on purpose. I said said that. that. He shot her. That punk. That's what makes it so shocking. But then in the movie, it's like, yeah, you didn't mean to. Sorry. (laughs) But they probably changed it for that reason, because... She really does So just kind of, she's okay with it. So the film projector scene that we were talking about when they're looking over their honeymoon days, that's not in the novel. Alfred Hitchcock added that. Which part? 
the part where they're looking at the home videos on the projector. That's what I thought. I remember thinking that I didn't remember that at all. Yeah. I think the the conversation that they have at that part, though, I think that is in the book. Yeah. The conversation is there, but that they're not doing that. Da, da, da. Yeah. You guys can't see the face he's making, but he does this once in a while, and I don't know how to explain it to you. It's kind of like a Bert and Ernie thing. <laughs> Good old Bert and Ernie. Um, let's read. So I looked. I liked reading the Google reviews, but it's not on Google Play, so they don't have any reviews for it on there. So uh, we could do a couple. There are no Rotten reviews on Rotten Tomato for this movie. Okay. But I could read a couple critic reviews. Yeah, and then I'll react to them. <laughs> it is the finest job of direction accomplished by a master director and may justly be called Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece. Well, I guess we don't have to watch any other That's movies of his That's from the New York Daily then. News. I thought that the movie was excellently directed. You got to remember, this is 1940. So the dialogue and the way that they deliver their line. Like, I thought for... I actually thought the way that most of them delivered their lines compared to a lot of movies at the time was a lot more human. That's true. You know? It wasn't as dry. I don't know. I think it was just, it was just as dry. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know how I feel. So, so these reviews, I think, are of the time. Oh, that's good. Well, because this review says one of the finest productional efforts of the past year. That's cool. But I can't say for sure because I think it might be a mixture. Um, Read another one. There are so many rich interpersonal relationships. This is not a romance or a history, but a bout of delicious gothic psychoanalysis. See, the movie feels really gothic and stuff when you're watching it, but I didn't feel like that when I was reading it. I felt like the book was bright, and it talks about having tea at 4 o'clock and sitting under trees and having picnics, and there's a lot of just, like, sitting around relaxing. And well, typically, in a, you know, obviously you know this because you read a lot of books and, you know, you see the movies. Mm-hmm. They just can't put everything in the books and the movies. I know. I'm just saying, like, the movie had a very, like, darker feel. And when he, he, Alfred Hitchcock, you read that quote that said, or something that he said that he wanted to capture the darkness, so he made it black and white. Yeah. But when I was reading the book, I didn't feel like that at all. You didn't feel like it was I felt like I feel like Manderley is someplace that you want to be, and that's why she dreamed about going back there, because she misses the house. Because it is really beautiful. And he wanted to capture the feeling of her discomfort there. So he showed it in the darkness of the movie. But yeah. in the book, it's just such a beautiful, wonderful <coughs> place. And she wants so badly to be a part of it. Yeah. But it's hindered by this like in inner darkness where she's like battling with Rebecca inside. Okay, okay. So that's why I like Manderly as a character. Because I feel like the house is really clean and bright and just like separate from Rebecca. Yeah. Um, 
Let me read a couple audience reviews. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This gothic tale has so many twists and turns that more than 70 years later, it still has the capability of or capability to keep audiences <clears throat> on the edge of their seat. Three stars. <laughs> Super review. Edges of the seat is three stars. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Rebecca is a bizarre movie. I can think of a few fil- films from the early 1940s that are as tonally diffused, playful with genre, and creepingly sinister as Hitchcock's first American film. It feels like, or feels less like an adaptation and more like the ramblings of a mad genius regurgitating. regurgitating. Three and a half stars. I don't even know how to respond to that. A stupendous film with an exceptional direction, a stunning art direction and cinematography, and excellent performances. Even if the suspenseful plot seems to diverge a bit from its main course in the last third full of too many, and then it cuts off. (laughs) I don't want to read the whole thing. Anyway, people like it. I guess that's all we really need to know. Um, was there any other things that we did with the movies? Do you remember? I think there were things we talked about. Do we? Does that? Huh. I don't know. I think that's good. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, we're pretty tired. What time are we at? We're at an hour right now. So, it's about. It's about bedtime. Um, so, I guess one thing I have to ask, first and foremost, or first and foremost, lastly, <laughs> um, what do you think about this podcast setup that we have going right now? Do you like it better? You mean the position of the table and stuff? Yeah, yeah. The, the way we have been doing it was kind of just like kind of hunched together, sitting right next to each other. By like at my computer desk, which was kind of half desk awkward, but now we're sitting across from each other, so we're basically more talking to each other instead of talking into the mic side by side. Yeah, this was better. Better, okay. If Anna approves, then we we'll keep doing it this way if it helps. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and also, the movie for next week. What am I going to choose, Anna? You haven't picked one yet. I've been racking my brain around this because obviously the rule is one of us can have seen the movie. I'm getting tired. At least one of us has to not have seen yeah. it. And then and um, it has to have come out before we were born. 1987 or before because I was born in 1987. Right. Um, so I've been thinking we've done a few movies in a row. That are like in the 40s, 50s and 40s. So I was thinking of bringing it up a few decades for this one. But I don't know what to do, Anna. Well, you better pick something because it's your turn. See, I was kind of thinking of maybe doing Rosemary's Baby Mm -hmm. because of Get Out. Mm -hmm. Because Get Out came out, you know, like a month ago at this point. After we've recorded the podcast, our last podcast, and we watched these movies and stuff. 
And um, that was one of his inspirations for that movie, which I loved. But you've never seen Rosemary's Baby, right? Yeah, I haven't. And then I got to thinking, well, I guess I, my mind's kind of going more towards like thrillerish, horrorish. But damn, I don't know. I was thinking Gremlins because Anna's never seen Gremlins. Yep. And that's kind of just a look. Being a being born in the eighties, even though the movie came out in the eighties, but like growing up in the nineties and stuff, it's kind of like really you never seen Gremlins. Yeah, everybody's seen it. So I feel like it's gonna creep me out. I've seen very small parts of it, and it's weird. And they just they just put and that movie on Netflix, so it's an easy one to watch too. My sister hates that movie. She says it's the creepiest thing ever. You know I what? We haven't done it. See, what what have we done? We've done uh, King Kong night in the 30s. We've tackled what? We haven't done any 80s yet. We haven't done anything like above like the 50s, have we? We did Jaws. That's the 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was, yeah, we did Jaws. First movie, yeah. Um, you know what? Let's do Gremlins. Okay. Let's have a little fun with this one. A little dark. Dark horror comedy. That one's going to be way easy to 80s. talk about, too. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. And it's easy to watch, too. It's on Netflix. Everybody has Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, you can find it probably anywhere. Yeah, At least, if, you know, if you Google Play or all that I'm kind sure of everybody else besides me in the world has seen Gremlins. So um, <laughs> so the movie would be Gremlins. And then um, I'm thinking... We need to get down a set night to record. And Anna's Anna's work schedule has been a lot more hectic lately. So I was thinking that the one night of the week that we know for sure that we will both be home is Sunday nights. So I was thinking that we could start recording the podcast Sunday nights and releasing it Monday morning. Okay. So we're recording this Monday night. So, But next week we'll release it. Monday. We'll try. We'll try. Uh, so, yeah, Gremlins next week. Watch it if you want to. If you remember, or send us any comments or anything. Um, we uh, started an Instagram, which we have not been updating as much as we would like, but we'll get caught up. Uh, so you can follow us on there. Classic Movie Nights Podcast. Um, also. Is the name avdstudios.com slash podcast. You could find this podcast there and my other podcasts. Um, you could also email, email us at classic at avdstudios.com with any comment, concerns, mm-hmm. I don't know, stories. You can follow me on Instagram and Anna O. Allen. You want Anna to give you some life advice? You could email her. Yeah, or follow my Instagram. I I put I put little things on there. So no, you yeah you can yeah yeah yeah. I guess that's it. <laughs> Anna out. Anna's left. No, she I'm just. Whoa, she's back. <laughs> she just ran out the door and then ran back to the mic real quick, really fast. Sean's a good actor. Okay. Gremlins, next week. Bye. Bye.